Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of the Leaders Performance Podcast, an oral insight into the world of elite performance in sport and beyond. My name is John Porch, and I'm the lead writer here at Leaders. As ever, for more information on how to become a member and get daily access to cutting-edge best practice and original research in the fields of leadership and culture, talent and recruitment, coaching and development, human performance, tech, data and analytics, visit leadersinsport.com forward slash performance. That's leadersinsport.com forward slash performance. And if you are unable to make it to our recent performance summit in Chicago, we dearly hope you'll be able to rectify that next month as we make our return to New York City at the MBPA in downtown Manhattan. Those of you bringing yourselves to the Big Apple can get your teeth stuck into performance insights from across the sporting world and beyond. The team here at Leaders continues to build the New York roster and an early acquisition is George Raveling, Nike's global basketball sports marketing director. Now 80 years old, Raveling was formerly a bodyguard to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In fact, he was there on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. as more than 200,000 people listened to Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. Raveling, in fact, still owns the original manuscript. This fascinating man has been an inspirational and influential character in the world of basketball for several decades, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, no less, and is set to bring his seasoned perspective to the stage for a talk unlike any we have witnessed here at Leaders. But that's for the future, as today we're cranking open our vault to bring you this colourful session from the Leaders Sport Performance Summit in London in 2014. Sitting in the hot seats that day were world-renowned chef Raymond Blanc and his friend, the influential restaurateur Diego Machaga. Moderator Chris Parker is spot on when he draws the parallels between the world of elite sport and the duo's need for consistent excellence day after day in the kitchen. On the menu were the question of respect when brewed in a high-performance culture, as well as their efforts to continue harnessing their passion several decades into their chosen professions, and why it's incumbent upon leaders to continuously inspire their staff. Blanc begins the session by describing how Mashaga once saved a little girl from a river, and their anecdotes throughout from the rarefied world of fine dining sparkle. We hope you enjoy this blast from the past, and we look forward to welcoming you on another Leaders Performance podcast in the near future. Thank you. Good afternoon. The focus, as Stephen said, is is on sustaining excellence. And and in my four-year study of of some of the best restaurants in in Britain, I came to realise something that hadn't been apparent to me at the start, which is that actually... They're concerned with elite performance and maintaining elite performance in a competitive environment day after day after day under extreme scrutiny and that there were lessons that we could all learn about how to create and sustain excellence about leadership and strategy and teamwork from the people that I'd been studying. So, gentlemen, thank you very much for for being here today. Um, If we're talking about sustaining excellence, let's start with a very... Obvious question, I guess. Raymond, I'd like to start with you, please. If we're talking about excellence, what does that actually mean to you? I'll tell you exactly what it means. Actually, I would use one of the very best examples of which I was a recipient is him, Sisman here. Because Sisman, as he was introduced, exactly represents probably the world's best values in terms of hospitality, in terms of care, in terms of training, I admire Sisman enormously. Plus also, on a Sunday afternoon when I work with my girlfriend and her daughter, her little daughter, in that rainy day, the water side is by the river, she fell in the river. And Diego, <laughs> run! Diego, run, okay, and dive in the river and save the little girl. 
that's the kind of level of service you can expect okay, with Diego. <laughs> and that, I would call it excellence, wouldn't you? <laughs> okay. So besides that, <coughs> obviously we are in the center of excellence here. And I know Arsene has talked about it uh, uh, some time ago uh, this morning. Yes. And uh, I have also a restaurant here within Arsenal, the Diamond Club, okay, so also about excellence. I tried actually to be a great footballer one day, and I played actually not too long ago in half of the stadium, the, the, the Pelouse at Arsenal Football Club, okay, six against six. And after five minutes, I was a broken man. <laughs> and I realized, and then I had about five lovely girls who helped me, who massaged me, okay, and took me on a massage table because I, I, I was a whole man, was really seriously creaking. So I knew I would never touch excellence in terms of sports as such. But in, a, in terms of excellence, briefly, first excellence for me, and I think for most of us, is an aspiration. That's where we want to touch for one minute for one second, to touch that excellence. And sometimes that requires months, years, or in the case for us, it's more long-term, decades of work, constant work, to create that sustainability, that quality, that commitment, and a whole team as well. And I would say maybe, for me, excellence is a superposition of meaningless, weightless details. It's like that sheet of paper here. Nothing, it's flighty, it's thin, it's got no weight. But if lovingly, with the intelligence of your team, okay, you pile with your own intelligence, you pile these meaningless little details one upon each other, eventually, maybe one day, you'll touch excellence. And that's really, yes, in a few words, I would like to put excellence. <laughs> Thank you. It is. It is. Thank, it is. Thank, you. Thank you for the paper and, and for the few words, Rayvon. We, we appreciate it. Diego, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you different questions during the course of our session together, just to give you a chance to talk about different things to the audience. But I, I want to ask you this same question. Now, Raymond's talked about, about the importance of getting details right, and he's, yeah. he's made clear passion and enthusiasm and so on. Excellence, what does it, what does it mean to you? What would be your thoughts? In one way, it's the same, but really, I think consistency is a priority on excellency. You can be a, a star for one day, two days, three days, but it's the difficult is to be a star for a long time. Um, consistency, very often, is the key of uh, success of a business. How do you achieve that? Um, that is difficult. That is not an everyday game. Um, obviously, you've got a team. Uh, you have to keep your team um, excited. You have to keep their mind excited. You have to respect them first if you want to be respected. It's no good to say, oh, I cannot get respect from my team. I have to respect them first. And this is priority in the morning. And from not just from the top, but from the bottom. That is where you start to respect your team. It's not from the top, it's from the bottom and going up and up and up. Um, obviously, as you said, I've been there 27 years and we had um, three Michelin staff for 27 years. And it's been very tough because uh, we went through recessions, we went through wars, we went through many things. But if you keep your team on the ball, I would say, 
if you keep them hungry of success, then you can achieve this excellency. Excellency in restaurants, for me, is the same as excellency in sport. I deliver food, I deliver wine, the best way I can do, and I get a reward from my client. They're happy. A sportsman delivers a great performance, and he gets a reward from his public. A sportsman that doesn't perform at his best will get a boob at the end. You know, I can hear it on the stadium. A sportsman that do his best and obviously deliver great performance will have a great applause. That's for me. Okay, thank you, Raymond. If, if I can come back to you and. You were talking very passionately about, about excellence and about mm -hmm. the example of excellence who sat next to you. And, and when I first met you and first talked to you, you said to me, people have to find their passion if they're going to have any chance of being brilliant. You have to find your passion. Yes. And what I'd like to, to ask you is, could you explain to us what, how you harness that passion and use it to achieve excellence? Okay. Um, I'm totally self-taught. I started in my profession very, very late, at 28 years of age. So it's very, very late, because most of these guys at 28 are almost starting their own restaurant. So it was very, very hard. But what I had, I had uh, received culture from my own family, my own terroir, my own, my own France, and so on, and basically had a deep understanding of your food, okay, handed out by, 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 by number by my family, so to speak. And it was really a, a big, that's actually the foundation of my simple philosophy, where seasonality play a huge role, where, where basically uh, traceability, provenance, ethics play an enormous role. That means a restaurateur now is not just a cowboy who just buys and sells just a simple commercial transaction. A restaurateur now, an atelier, has got a tremendous amount of responsibility. That means now we're coming into a new world where the luxury is going to become responsible. So the motivation, that's what you're asking me, how do you motivate your team? Is it how, do you, how do you motivate you? How do you take your passion and, and create a vision for well, what the future will be? But like you, like all sportsmen, like all people who achieve something in life, you know very well. Do it again and again and do it and do it faster, do it better. Train, train, train. Choose a team because we are an hotel, the restaurant and hotel business. That means we have a great team. I've got 250 people in Atleman work at Saison. Diego probably has got about as much. That means you need to motivate each of these people. You need to train them, you need to support them, you need to completely, constantly accrib them so these young kids grow with you. But more than that, it's not just about, it's about them owning your vision. That's all very well for you to have a vision. You'll go nowhere. You agree with you? Exactly right. You'll go nowhere whatsoever. It's for your success, it's your ability to pass on your vision and to make it a reality and for everyone, whether a young commie, even the washer up, to own that vision. And then you create something which is really an extraordinary dynamic, which is usually uh, beneficial to everyone, where you give, everyone gives warm, warm fuzzies to each other as a cold prickles, and then you have an achievement, and it piques all this team, 
works together towards the same role, and everyone owns that, own completely that form of excellence. And I would think maybe for you, you never work alone. You have your physio, you've got your, your psychotherapist, you have, I don't know exactly what exactly is the kind of setup you have, but probably you work with a team. And Diego will say something truly interesting later, okay, about performance and family, okay, because that was his idea, and I so much agree with him, okay. But basically, that is crucially important. And I think the talent, we have trained ourselves 30 Michelin star chefs in Great Britain, okay. So it's been a real school of soul. That means the whole heart of the place is to create a modern industry which responds to the modern guests who want something entirely different of what he wanted, let's say, even 10 years ago. Okay, thank you. Jake, <coughs> if, we, if we just progress that a little bit. Raymond was talking about the importance of the staff and the team and yeah. so on and, and developing them and everybody working together to, to achieve the vision, yeah. being able to adapt to meet the new needs, the new demands of, of guests. When you are recruiting staff, if we go right back to the beginning, yeah. when you are recruiting staff, to what extent are you prioritizing if you are attitude, and to what extent are you prioritizing if you are technique and skill? Yes, indeed. I, it's a very good question. I recruit all the staff there. Um, always look, obviously you have to look for two bases. One is attitude and performance, or technique. I cannot teach technique, or I can, no, I can teach technique, but I cannot teach attitude. So really, my priority is to employ people with the right attitude. Attitude can bring you to learn. If you've got the right attitude, you can learn faster, you can perform better, you can go very far, and you can go very high, you can achieve excellency. If you don't have the right attitude, and you've got only performance and only technique, you won't go anywhere. I'm very much a... Um, I, when, I, when I recruit, I, I talk to my, my staff, even if they are from abroad. Um, if I cannot see them personally, I call them. You know, there is always the language barrier. I mean, I'm Italian, some of them are French, some are German, some are Spanish. But that voice on the phone doesn't tell me if he's got the right technique. The voice on the phone tells me that that person has got the right attitude. And we are all human. A voice, we can detect it when it's honest or when it's not. Um, there are some good liars, mind you. Yeah, there are some good liars. <laughs> <laughs> but then when they arrive... But you cannot lie all the time. You cannot lie all the time. Um, and what I look a lot is honesty on stuff. Honesty and humility. Indeed, if you want to win something, you need to be a bit arrogant. Come on, we're all here. I mean, you cannot just be the little lamb every day. You're not going to go far if you're going to be the little lamb every day. You need a bit of arrogancy. But arrogance on performance is not arrogance on attitude. Very different. If I perform, indeed, I want to, I'm angry. I want to go. I can be a bit arrogant there, but uh, not on my attitude. So that is how I, I really recruit my team. Um, I always try to I get the best of it out of that. Yeah. May I some, add something to it, uh, to, your, to your talk, Diego? Because I know talent it will never be enough in any field of knowledge or, or, or work or sports to reach the top. 
talent is only one little tool who can help you, certainly, but it's not the definitive weapon to actually reach this extraordinary moment okay, of total success and performance. Because we all know, okay, in life, if you don't have willpower, if you don't have a proper strategy, I'm going to get there, yeah. okay? If you don't have a team to support you, if you don't have a family background as well to support you, and you will, you'll talk about yep. that as well, etc., you will fail. You will fail. That means effectively, uh, that's why uh, these people who really win are quite remarkable because they are prepared to really compete at the highest level and they're talented and they're hardworking, they work with the teams, they think, they have strategy and they're totally focused constantly on success, on, on getting better. How can I get better? And again, here's this, this element of curiosity yeah. yes. which comes into it. As a chef, I know that that's the most important part of my tool. It's not chopping onions as you see on television. That's a bit fun, okay? And it's even more funny when the chef cut his fingers. <laughs> okay? But uh, <laughs> they all love to see that, because I did that about two weeks ago. Everyone was in laughter. What I was talking about, was it? <laughs> okay? So, so I think... Uh, um, Sorry, uh, I was talking about the last word. Sorry. Passion and <laughs> yes. passion and curiosity. Yes, yeah. So to me, the element, the most important part of my work, and I'm sure it's not too dissimilar to you, curiosity. I keep these young people, their mind, I probe constantly their mind. I constantly challenge them. I constantly make them alive because your brain is alive. Everything is alive. You connect with life, with people. With your, with your energy, with, your, you know, with, with, of course, with your chef's sense of smell, sense of touch, you know, sense of seasonality, purity, nobility of the produce, you connect with all that. So I think, for me, this idea of talent, talent never enough, you need to work very hard for it. And actually, there's an amazing book called Tipping Points, I'm sure all of you have read it, okay, and it tells you a great deal, okay, it's actually the people who win, it's not actually the most talented, some might, but most don't. That's the people who work the hardest. And I really, I'm afraid to tell you, I believe very much in that. That talent may be a good background, a good base, but all the rest, it's a long edifice, it's a long way to go to achieve that, that point of total excellence. Okay, thank, thank you. Diego, the, the, the notion of, of developing team then, you talked about recruiting for honesty and humility and, yep. and, hunger, and hunger in people. How do you then maintain their attitudes and develop them? How, how do you operate, for example, as a role model? What, what do you do in terms of, of training your staff? Well, um, routine, I think. Routine is the worst thing sometimes. You know, in all businesses, not just in restaurant, hotel business, routine is, is really bad for, for me and for the team. And then obviously for, for the spectator and for the guest. So I have to, to excite my team is extremely important. How do I do that? Ah, how do I do that is not easy. Sometimes I have to put my shoes, I'm a 51 years old man, in their shoes. They're 20 years old. I have to be like them sometimes, not but think like them. Sometimes if I go in the morning and I got a not a very busy day, right, I go there and I just turn everything upside down. They hate me, I know they hate me. I know they hate me, you know, because they can't see, okay. they don't talk to me, they go away from me. Everyone, from my secretary, 
And even the boss goes away from me because Diego is on that mood of changing everything. So just to clarify, Diego, you, you will create deliberate problems or you'll make abrupt changes. I make just abrupt, to, no to problems, uh, changes. Changes. Just to stimulate to stimul their mind and their day because it's very important because as a young person, you can, there is a fine line between playing and working. And if work become a routine, then that work becomes boring. Then there is no more sparkle. You want your team to, to sparkle, to see the sparkle in the eyes. It happened to me, that happened every year. Then I do have staff there, then they've been there maybe two, three, four, five years. Wonderful people, great people. And I can look in their eyes and I can see, hmm, the sparkle is gone. What am I gonna do? I mean, that person gave me three, four, or five years of their life. I cannot just go there and say, look, go. So what I do, first of all, I have to seek for a very, very good position for that person. A higher position, but maybe somewhere else, somewhere exciting, could be Australia, South Africa, New York, so on, and I can get a job for them. When I've got that, then I will speak to that person, and I'll offer him that position like if he was a, like, not like if he was, like a, a prize. You've done so well for me for four years, I got a super job for you. On the other side, I'm gaining a new member of staff. A new member of staff with sparkle, with willing to do more, young, etc. I'm a great believer that we have to listen to young people. I mean, young people sometimes, I mean, I'm not an old, but sometimes we always say young, 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 young. Wait a minute. Young, they bring a lot of new things. Sometimes you listen to them, you say, though, I don't want to listen to you, but at the same time, remember and use it. Because young people can bring a lot of new idea, new way of doing things. I mean, I've changed all my hours of work at the water side. I mean, my staff used to work 14 hours a day. They work now 10 hours a day. Why? Because I know young people now, they need time. They need time for their social network and all that. And I have to give them that. And if I don't give them that, they move on. But you always have to keep their eyes sparkling. And if they've been there too long, or you have to praise them, but at the same time, replace them. It's very important. Okay, thank yeah. you. Raymond, you both talked in, uh, in different ways about managing change, about how things change, and, mm -hmm. and you have to always be meeting the needs of, of guests. Mm -hmm. And you've both been at the top of your profession, you still are, for, for decades, which is, which is why you're here. So my question is, what things change over time? Mm -hmm. And what things would you, do you never change over time? Uh, well, Diego put his finger on it as well. We are in a, prof in a profession, okay, but the whole, not just us, the whole world is changing. The way that glass is being made, how it's exported, was it local or not, okay? Everything is a maelstrom of change all the time. Okay, so of course the idea is never to follow any form of fashion, because you're dead, but embrace always, completely, thoroughly, there's a big trend, one with really like nutrition tomorrow. It's going to be Monsieur Wenger, for example, is a typical example, really, who used nutrition about 15 years ago at the club when he started. 
and, and you, some of you may say he didn't get all the results he wanted. Well, life is not perfect, but I think he had achieved an amazing feat, okay, this man. Okay, and that was one of his tools, okay? That went to, to the modern guest tomorrow as well is much more ethical. You know, actually don't you know, anymore, uh, cannot anymore you know, put some, you know, how do you call that? Drugs inside. I, I dreaded to say, yes. The same way in food, <laughs> in the food business. Ah, just a moment. It's frightening. Yeah. What a thought. When you put somebody on a pedestal and they cheat. Okay, so us in our business, we have to be true to ourselves. How do we do that? For me, ethics are the crucial, most crucial part of, of, of the success of, of the global success of what we do, both with our team and, of course, and our, our, we work with food, so of course we have to have the best produce. I'm the president of the Sustainable Restaurant Association. Okay, I was one very, very first chef to campaign about reconnecting with the true values of food that each of us, okay, are responsible. We have a responsibility to behold, to hold, okay, and to give our guests the purest, the most perfect food, okay, which has not suffered in any, in any way, okay, and, the and it is the best, okay, and it will obey certain rules, okay, of, of the total total traceability, total purity, okay, etc. So, okay, so effectively the world is changing, okay, the modern guest uh, uh, wants different, luxury is changing as well, before luxury was all about gold mm. and draperies and, and carpets thick like that, with ancestors looking down at you in a disapproving manner, <laughs> it was horrendous, whereas today the world is changing, I mean, the modern guest want, because he's exhausted, is absolutely knackered, to speak, okay? So he doesn't see his family. He keeps working harder, give more to his bank, to his staff, to everyone. So when he takes his loved one in a place, he wants to be, feel like in a lemon souffle. He just wants to go in here and say, oh my God, I feel well. He wants to create that environment because Jago talked about food and about service. There's also the environment you create. That means us, we have, uh, we see, as hotelier, myself, well, we both hotelier, because of course, we decided it's got some beautiful bedrooms as well, okay? It's trying to create a whole multifaceted excellence in every single part of our offer, which is a beam of light, okay, onto a painting, or, or, or the painting itself, or that beautiful vase here, okay, which is going to catch that light, okay, is that we are micro-idiots. That means I spend my life being a complete micro-idiot and invest myself in the micro-idiotic details, which actually, of the day, we all know too well, form that you know, for a sportsman that's hundreds of a second, and for a notelier in a restaurateur, a reputation of total excellence. And sometimes, of course, we fail. We don't like to fail, but sometimes we fail because it's only an aspiration. And I wish we could touch excellence every minute of the day, but it's not the case. Mm -hmm. We wish because we depend on so many people. Yeah. But I think it's really exciting. Sorry, I didn't answer your question at all, but <laughs> it's all right. But the question's just an excuse for you yeah, to say okay. something. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the question is one for Diego. Yeah. Uh, the question is one for Diego. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
Diego, I want to stay with the with the managing team and working with team and touch on a couple of things that you, you've mentioned. You know, you said, oh, I'll listen to somebody on the phone if I'm recruiting them and, and I'll tell from their voice. Yeah. And you said to me that when you're recruiting people, if you can see them, you'll tell from their look if, if they've got the attitude. Yeah. Uh, and, and you said, connected to that once, that, that in your role as a, a leader and when working with guests, but in your role as a leader, listening was crucial, crucial. To, to maintaining success day after day. It is. Uh, listening to people is, um, is crucial. I mean, there is listening and listening. We all know sometimes we listen, but he comes here and he goes there. Sometimes we listen, we look at the person, but really we don't listen. Um, to be genuine when you listen to someone is extremely important. When you really listen to someone, or you look at that person, you really go inside your, his mind, or her mind. I mean, it doesn't take me long to understand a guest, his needs, or anything. All the good morning, or the handshake, or look in his eyes, mm -hmm. I will detect what that person comes for. For a good time, for a business lunch, for a business dinner, Love. For a divorce or for a love, I'll get it. Um, but it, to, to staff or to your team, you really have to listen. Even if sometimes you say, oh, a lot of rubbish. And sometimes it is a lot of rubbish. But try to listen because out of five things they will tell you, four very often uh, you have to keep them in. And we all live in a society of people that they don't talk to each other anymore, or very little anyway, because of the social network. I mean, I got people that don't talk at the table. They send messages, you know, one here, one there. You know, they don't talk to each other. And people forget how to listen to someone, or how to speak to someone. Uh, my job is to speak to people, but more important is to listen to them. Because if I don't listen to them, I learn nothing about them. I will be just there serving water, wine, champagne, and foie gras, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I have to listen to my staff. I have to listen to my guests. But also, I have to listen to my boss, which is very important. I mean, I've got a boss, and I have to listen to him. But at the same time, if I talk to him or her, they have to listen to me as well. And we, we all understand when someone doesn't listen genuinely. Um, so for me, listening is a, is a vital part of um, bringing up a team, bring them to excellency, and bring them to, to high, high standard, where nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. If we were perfect, we wouldn't be here. None of us would be here today. But my goal is to get as close as possible as excellency, and a key of that is to listen to your team. And well, this is, yeah. for me, it's one of my key. Yeah. And, and just quickly, connected to that, Diego, um, some of your senior yes. team members, and, and you know this, I'm not breaking yeah. any confidences, have said to me, oh, Mr. Diego, he has two faces. Yes. And when I first asked you about that, you smiled and said, it's because I'm a Gemini, Chris. Yeah. And we, we sort of ignored that a bit and came yeah. back to it. What do they mean? What, what, what are the two faces well, of there are Diego two Diego's, the leader? And there is one Diego that only the guest knows. And it's the Diego that can take anything. Then Diego that can 
the smile, the Diego, the, Diego the, the, the lion, how was it called, that movie called the, the Diego, which was a tiger in the, in the, oh God, you must, oh no, you must have seen that film. It was a very no, nasty lion, yeah. okay, tiger, whatever. No, <laughs> no, no I'm, not the, I'm not the tiger. So no, no, it's a, a, obviously it's the Diego then, then um, is happy. The Diego then get pleasure on pleasing, because in my industry, you have to get pleasure yourself to please your guest. If you don't get pleasure yourself of, of giving something or selling, I sell wine, champagne and water, but I could be selling a car or a camera. I have to get pleasure myself because I know that client with pleasure out of me. So there is that Diego, but there is also a Diego that has to run a business. There is a Diego that has to perform every morning. There is a Diego that has to disguise any problem. A Diego that has to come through the door with a smile. And very often, but the Diego doesn't come in through the same door every day, <laughs> to different doors. And I don't do that to catch the stuff because it will be sad. If I have to catch my team from a different angle, it will be very sad. I do it the way then what the client will see if he comes in by mistake from a different door. So very often, they see me coming in from the staff entrance, the front door, the side gate. Um, so there is that Diego. That Diego has to, then has to perform every day, every day. And when, the, when it's 8.30 in the morning, the show is open, and at 11 o'clock, the curtains are open, and Diego, there is a different Diego. Between 8 and 11, there is a Diego, and between 11 and 4, there is a different Diego. Um, but I'm, I'm a great believer on running a business and running a successful business. Um, I always, even if it's only one pound, but I'm, I'm a great believer and give me a lot of satisfaction of running a successful business. If there is no satisfaction there, I wouldn't go. But obviously I need them all and I'm not perfect, uh, but I try my best to reach the high and obviously keep them motivated. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Raymond, question for you. I mean, I'd like to ask you a question about a film about a tiger with two... No, I don't. It was I, a, I really don't want to. No. It was Ice Age. Uh, that, yeah. You've not seen Ice Age? Yes. No, no, this, I can't believe it. Don't you remember Diego? That's a Diego sometimes. You don't get That's Diego, today, yeah. but a nice Diego. <laughs> that was a mistake, wasn't it? Um, right, Raymond. You talked early on, you started out talking about passion and about how passion created a vision and then you talked about the need for a strategy to, yeah. to make the vision happen. Uh, and, and when we talked once, you, you said to me that, that in order to create useful, great strategies, you had to be able to ask questions, you had to be curious, well, back to that point. And, and you gave me an example of how you asked a guest if they'd had a nice time and they said that they, they liked everything but, but they didn't like the duvets, they'd have preferred a blanket. Mm -hmm. Just tell, just tell everybody, please, what you did as a result of that little conversation no, and the, the yeah, questions yeah. that you asked. Um, yes, it's, um, we, we're coming back again to that moving world, which keeps moving and faster and faster. There's new demands from guests. And basically, I was realizing in my own business, effectively, uh, and we talk about that connects with strategy, yes, yes. actually, in a big way. 
okay, and I asked a simple question to know exactly where I was in all of my business. By simple, simple question, do you prefer, as 200 of my guests, do you prefer blankets or do you prefer duvet? It's a bit weird, is it? 60% told me we prefer duvet and 40% of our guests preferred blanket. That tells me that I've got a 60% of a younger generation, generally, okay, who prefer to roam under the duvet, you know, mm. so, and wild, and so on, and you know, and, you know, and, you know, okay, and, and then the blanket is about safety, it's about comfort, it's about good old, old com home comforts, and so on. Immediately, that told me something extraordinarily important that I had to change, okay, and that the world was changing, because I asked about that question about eight or eight years, eight years before, and there was about only 20% of duvet, okay, and 80% of blankets. So that was telling me that more and more, our guests were changing, the needs of our guests were changing absolutely completely. So immediately, of course, had a huge, put a foot, a huge strategy, which was just about, of course, I went to the manager, the manager, budgets, 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 like all of us, you know, we all controlled by budgets, okay? So, and so I wanted to see offer, because that's what excellence is about. What I want to do is to offer my guests, would you like blankets, sir, or would you like duvet? That is class. For me, that is ultimate class choice, okay? And by the same, of course, and you have to fight always the time with your managers, with your, with your partners, and so on. Ceremony is all very well to have blanket, but you have to have storage. You have training. Investment. You have investments. Etc. You have space. What's the space? And so on. Okay, it's all very well to offer that extraordinary luxury, but of course, when there's a will, there's always a way. And that I believe that means I'm maybe a slightly more autocratic than Diego. Okay, in my, my that means I work with my team strongly. I present ideas, but at the end of the day, I don't want to create a camel. I want to create a race horse. And sometimes you have to cut and say, no, guys, I really believe that's where we're going, okay, etc. So, so it's an element, but the strategy remains an important part of our businesses, of course, because we're talking about here millions of pounds, okay, uh, and, uh, and, uh, all, and then from that thing, we not only we changed the blanket and so on, we changed, I moved all the fabrics to organic, changed, moved, threw away the plastic 20 years ago, huh? 20 years ago, threw away the plastic once when I was mad. You know, uh, and replace it by biodegradable, beautiful fabrics, okay, etc. Wish you to put your papers and so on. So on. There was no more, or even your, your beautiful slippers were absolutely full, pure cotton, nothing, you know. It was really, and then uh, front of us, change the wine list immediately, cut it down by half, uh, uh, completely created also a new section to revive the wine list, okay, even put beer, my sommelier, Mr. Blanc, how can you put beer on the menu? We're not a beer house. You know, yeah. I had serious question from these guys here. Uh, and we put 20 beers, and of course, I could tell them basically that this beer would go so well with that smoked salmon, okay, <laughs> with that beautiful. Okay, but at first, initially, real fight, then change the food. Because the same way, my customers were changing. I look at the, the, uh, on the percentage of guests who were spending a la carte, where only 30%. So I was, was creating 27 menus with a team of 42 chefs in the kitchen who, for only 30% of guests who take the whole a la carte menu.
All my efforts were missed, so changed everything, cut down the a la carte. Because the world was changing. People wanted more gourmet menu, menu gourmand, degustation, and some, some different form, and they didn't want to have to choose. Because the, the modern guest is knackered. We go back to exhaustion, okay, so change, a complete change. Okay, which was really a, a most extraordinary moment okay, into, uh, uh, but again, like Diego, you keep looking at your, uh, your business. Of course, you plan that normally you would plan it better, and I do now, believe I'm creating a strategy for the next six years. Okay, and believe me, it's, uh, it's been, it took me about four years working with my team to ensure that the strategy we're going to put in place is going to be first workable, successful, and respond at all time to the attainment of excellence and if we also give to our guests, because we never cook for us, it's not about us, it's about giving our guests the, guest. the best. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we have time, maybe for one question from the audience, if there is, please. Yes, thank you. Uh, I think you might have to be very... Thank you. Okay, thank you. The question, if you didn't hear it, was how do you create the trust that's necessary with your team if you're driving them as hard as you are? D Diego, just a, a, a two-minute answer, please. I think uh, you, they have to trust you. And the only way for the, your team to trust you, they have to know that you can do their job as, as good as they do, or if not better. It's not good for me to teach someone, to tell someone off that he cannot wash the plates properly, for example, which is a very basic, you know, but at the same time, I don't know how to do it, or I'm not prepared to do it. And this is very important, that staff or your team, they have some time to see you, the leader, uh, I'm not saying every day, but every now and again, to do their job, and they will feel good, and they will gain your trust, and, and you respect them. Respect them is very important. When you respect, a member of staff, you say good morning every day, their name, their surname, you can even have a joke. I mean, it's not because I'm 51, I cannot talk about the night out in the pub. You know, they love it. They do love it. They love that because they don't think, oh, look at him, is Diego always in his, in his chair? No, Diego is not in his chair. Diego is in the dining room with them. So that is how you gain their trust. And once you got their trust, you can do a lot with them because they will do it for you. I can ask, and I'm sure you can ask your team, can you work two extra hours? They don't mind to do it. They don't ask for money. They don't ask for anything. And they will do it at their best. But yeah? you will give them money, will you? You will, but you don't tell them first. <laughs> and you tell them after. May <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I add something to that? Very quickly. Uh, it's, it's to me uh, the most crucial part of the world to gain respect for people, you gain respect for people, if you also train them, invest a tremendous amount, amount of time, money, structures, to empower these young people so they can actually deliver, so they feel confident. When you feel confident, you are creating a totally different dynamic. And you, as an as a, as a, as a owner, you have invested into them. And that means you create a fantastic dynamic here, and it was worth it. For example, I, uh, many years ago, it's about I ask, it will take 30 seconds, maybe one minute maximum, 30, 30 I promise, I promise. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, I had, for example, managers, Metal Hotel, who, I asked them to create a breakfast for me, a disaster, disaster, they couldn't cost, they couldn't, no project management skills, nothing. I realized I had managers, actually, who couldn't manage in the front of us. They were not skilled. 
I brought MAP inside, which is Management Assessment Proficiency, which is mostly for bankers, okay, huge corporations and so on, and I brought them in. It changed completely the dynamic and also the performance of the restaurant. And those guys were absolutely empowered and feeling strong, and they could do that job, any job, because they could suddenly ask, ask I brought them another piece of weaponry, okay, to perform eventually. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Uh, and with that, we've, we've come to an end of, uh, yep. of our time together. Thank you very much for your attention. Can I just, uh, sorry, because with Mr. Blanc, before to come here, we said something together. And oh, he yes. said to me, Good point, yes. you have to mention it. One second, no, five seconds. No, no, two minutes. No, 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 uh, no, no. no. <laughs> Go ahead. On a high, I, I, we personally both believe that in a very high performance profession, I mean, when we go to work, we all have got problems. But they're not problems, they're all solutions. You know, we can, if we got the wheel, we can salute. What we have to thank is our partner very often because that is what is the key of our success. A great deal, yeah. If we would have someone at home always nagging every day in the morning, okay, you go to work, you go home, and you know then that person is there nagging again, um, that would really show on our performance. Maybe not for one month or two, but after a year or two, our performance, I'm honest, will show. So really, we all have to thank our ODF, then uh, guide us, or then you know, stick with us and understand us. So I know I went through six important. divorces, okay, so I can talk about it. Only <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, while thank I get you. them off quickly, will you say thank you? Thank you.